Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Catherine Cowdery. Bloomberg Markets is brought to you by National Realty, managers of New York City cash flow real estate, providing you 10 to 16% annualized returns with immediate monthly distributions. See them at nria.net. Well, there were modest losses on Wall Street today as the benchmarks were dragged lower by technology and materials companies. Retailers also did poorly as the supermarket chain Kroger plunged 19%. It reported weak sales and cut its profit forecast. The benchmarks recovered some of their earlier losses as investors bought high-dividend stocks. Utilities companies were up the most. Here's a data check. Dow Industrial Average fell 15 points, less than a tenth of a percent, and closed at 21,359. The S&P 500 declined 5 points, a quarter percent to close at 24.32, and the Nasdaq lost 29 points, half a percent, and closed at 61.65. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil down 36 cents a barrel, eight-tenths of a percent to 44.37. Spot Gold down $19.90 a ounce to 12.56 even. Ten-year Treasury down 11.30 seconds, yield 2.16.37. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Catherine Cowdery. This is your Bloomberg Real Estate Report, brought to you by Zillow. You're not just looking for a house. You're looking for a place for your life to happen. The gap between what homeowners think their home is worth and where appraisers put the value is widening. Quicken Loans says appraised values in May came in lower than what owners expected for a sixth month in a row. Bill Banfield, executive vice president at Quicken, says the reverse could be true, though, depending on where you live. In markets that we might say are the hotter markets, the appraisers are coming in higher than the initial estimate. But in other markets like Cleveland and Chicago, they're coming in lower. And in aggregate, what we're seeing is that well, in the last month, it was 1.93% below the appraiser's opinion. Appraisers valued homes at more than what homeowners expected in Denver, Portland, San Francisco, San Jose, and Boston, but valued them at less in New York, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Philadelphia, and Tampa. And that's your Bloomberg Real Estate Report. I'm Denise Pellegrini. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. We're going to wrap up our coverage of Pershing Insight 2017. Jim Crowley, Chief Relationship Officer at BNY Mellon's Pershing on strategies uh, to support your success. That was actually a panel that you guys were involved in, right? We did. We had a great panel this morning uh, concerning our technology strategy and the direction that we're headed. Yeah. Yeah, you guys were just ahead of, uh, of me. I mean, it's such a big part of what people do in the financial community. It is. And people are really trying to simplify how they work and the experience that they're trying to create for their advisors and for their investors. So we had a lot of fun. Uh, specifically, what is it in this era, that, you know, this year, 2017? Good advice is always good advice, but things that apply to how uh, uh, investment managers are dealing with their customers now. Yeah, well, obviously, customer behaviors are changing dramatically driven by innovation that's happening around in other industries. And the experience that they want has to be really elegant. It has to be really simple. And so it isn't just about investment management or investment management performance now. It's about what is that experience that I have with an advisor and with the firm that I'm doing business with. You... Early on in your career, were on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, right? Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> so tell me about kind of your perspective on... You did. You seem normal. <laughs> <laughs> but go... I mean, it's it's such a different world today. Oh, it's and so much And the financial community and industry has evolved. 
It, it, it's uh, the evolution that's taken place. Now, you're going back to the um, mid-'80s when I was on the New York Stock Exchange floor when it was nothing but paper, paper, paper. Right. And today it's just, you know, no one wants to work with paper anymore. They want everything on their device and the device that they're holding in their pocket. So it's phenomenal how far we've come. You, my old girlfriend was a specialist on the New York Stock Exchange then, and she, she tells a story of, like, I think it was 87, like, after the crash. It happened to be her first week. And coming, coming out of the, the position, the booth in the garage, she was, the paper was stacked up past her knees with all the orders yeah. that came in. Oh, my God. It used to be uh, – I used to work in the Blue Room, uh, yeah. which was one of the corner rooms right, right, right. of the New York Stock Exchange. And it was just – the paper was phenomenal. In fact, the worst thing that you could have happen to you was to have a paper jam in your printer. <laughs> right. That was the most dangerous thing that could happen. Because you couldn't do your job, right? Because you couldn't. You yeah. couldn't process business. And, and now, but it's a t- totally different thing now. And so, um, uh, and, and we see this on the level of the um, uh, of the money managers, of the, of the individual managers who are dealing with uh, client money, where they where their clients don't want things in paper. Probably they want, but they want to know instantly what's going on with their money. They want to know instantly, real time information. In fact, that's one of the things that we talked about this morning: the complexity of moving data across different technology platforms, mm-hmm. and that technology stack has become so complicated for so many firms. And we're trying to sort of unravel that technology stack, uh, stack and make it very simple for data to cross over platforms. Jim, when you look at the world, and we kick around a lot of you know different technologies, and we talked a lot today um, here at the event about artificial intelligence and blockchain mm. and all these good things. What are the things that you think uh, this community, your community, need to be paying attention to? Well, I think uh, one of the things that our community needs to be attention to is uh, the uh, investors. In fact, uh, the health of investors and financial literacy and uh, are they clear on the service that they're getting, what they're paying for. And that obviously has been a focus around a lot of the regulatory changes that we've seen uh, over the last uh, two years. And so Mm -hmm. it really is making certain that we're taking care of our customers, being transparent with our customers, and making certain that they understand everything that we're um, providing to them is critically important because the financial literacy uh, is where it all begins, and it begins really early on in, in people's uh, educational had, life. I'm just going to say, I'm trying to think who we had a conversation with. Was it yesterday that we just talked about kind of financial literacy starting pretty young, that we need, you know, a public that really understands how it all works? Yeah, we really do. It's, yeah. a, it's a big community effort that we need to make as an industry. And so what are what are you guys doing along those lines? Well, in fact, one of our partners, Mark DeBersion, uh, I know who you had on earlier, mm-hmm. has been a real advocate of this. In fact, he sponsors a financial literacy class in the high school that he grew up. And so he's been um, working with the industry to try to promote financial literacy and try to get people to adopt schools and bring those financial literacy programs into the schools. And so that's one of the things that... We are really behind at Pershing. And just another <clears throat> quick example of things that we're doing is that we have a, a high school shadow program. And so we bring kids in from the local high schools into Pershing during the summertime so they get the chance to sort of understand what it is that we do in the financial services industry. Here we are 10 years out from the financial crisis, right? And it took a, a really bunch of years before everybody kind of started to calm down a little bit. Um, where are we? I mean, have we all recovered? Well, I, I, I believe we have uh, recovered. In fact, I think we're in a bull market. Um, I've been talking about this bull market for the financial services industry for quite some time. If you think about <clears throat> there are going to be 100,000 advisors that are going to age out of our industry over the next 10 years, yet there is this growing demand for 
professional investment advice as investors and their wealth continues to grow, as they continue to retire. They need good advice, and there is a diminishing number of people to provide that advice. And so this is a great time to be in this business. Does technology, though, help kind of make up that gap a little bit? It does. It does help uh, provide information and transparency and the speed of that information. But it doesn't it doesn't get us all the way to the finish line. And there are very simple things uh, for people who are reaching retirement age. For instance, what's the most tax-efficient way to take withdrawals from their retirement savings? And so there are those things that I don't necessarily believe a machine is going to be able to do, as well as an individual who's going to bring and understand what that emotional attachment is that that client needs. I mean, certainly there's, there's, there's hand-holding. Handled uh, important sort of junctures in people's financial lives. If Definitely. There's nothing like it. We did hear about that emotion intelligence. You know, you put it on a robot. Yeah, yeah. I had my digital uh, partner out there personal today. Assistant. My personal <laughs> assistant. Yeah, sharing the good news. So hand-holding with the robots. Be rosy. It could happen. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for having us here. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's fascinating what's all going and on. And thank you for being here at Insight. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Jim Crowley, he's Chief Relationship Officer at Pershing, a BNY Mellon company. And, of course, we are on site at Pershing Insight 2017 in San Diego. I do enjoy this event. Yeah, it's our third one, right? Well, I think so. Yeah. Together. Um, just getting a really a feel of what's going on with uh, financial advisors and some of the issues they are facing. You have been listening to Bloomberg Markets, Carol Masser, Corey Johnson. We're going to check on your top business stories in uh, just a moment. And this is Bloomberg Radio.